Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Millions of our nation's veterans deal with PTSD every day. VA's PTSD consultation program is easy to use and here to help you treat these veterans. Providers like you can access free consultation with expert clinicians, free continuing education, and free resources to help you assess and treat veterans. To learn more, visit ptsd.va.gov consult. Hey there and welcome to episode 72 of the Unfiltered and Undiscovered podcast and today we have got the Rail Motor Brothers with us. So it's a really exciting <laughs> episode. First up, let's welcome the co-host down there in Adelaide, the, the beautiful freezing cold fire in the uh, on full bore Adelaide. Welcome. How are you, Braggy? Curly, fantastic. Um... What a great week for my sporting teams. So in my local team, the Red Legs, in their local comp, beat the top team. Consolidated yeah. our fourth spot. So that was good. And I went, this is the first game I've been to yeah. this year. Yeah. So they had a win, so that was good. And then, what about the Maroons last night? Oh. <laughs> hey? Well, I can see one of our guests has actually got the maroon scarf on. So, well, yes. The, how how good was that win? That was uh, one of the best ones what, in oh. memory, living memory. Oh, We've oh. had some great wins. Yeah, oh. that that's up there, isn't it? Last night was special. And can I just say the punters loved seeing the Biff back. It's been <laughs> such a, a sanitised product, and then to actually get the punters up and full on it was awesome so for those people who listen to us outside of australia and outside of queensland and new south wales last night was state of origin and queensland knocked over new south wales and won the series and we did it backs against the wall we were missing some of our best players through covid um but as what always happens with queenslanders people stepped in and did the job so mate wouldn't it have been good if we were interviewing like someone from New South Wales today? Yeah, well, tonight? they're physically like the in... kids or one of those boys. Yeah, they're physically in um, Sydney. By well, they guess, are, aren't yeah. they? So, so before we get to our guests, let's talk a little bit of news. Um, Mick Madhu, of course, had a very successful launch last Saturday of their CD. And I love the way logistics companies work because the launch was planned for Saturday and he got the CDs delivered at 6pm Friday night. So... <laughs> Just wow. as long as That's... as long as they were there, so you gotta love logistics companies. Um, Ritzy Kids. Speaking yes. of our friend Sean with the worst internet in the world in Newcastle, 
Um, yes. Got an email from the... So when you subscribe to their email list, you get some benefits. And they're releasing a new song tomorrow, which is okay. Friday, which is when the podcast will come out. But people on the mailing list got advanced notice of it and were able to listen to the song and download the song. So have you listened to it? Yeah. So let me just okay. describe it because it, <laughs> I, I think... Um, Instead of him allowing me to describe it, he's given me a description. So, but anyway, um, the track has elements of pop mixed with nostalgic rock vibe, rock, rock vibes from the early noughties. So, I, I would actually say it's a bit of a pop rock. It's got tones of pop rock from the nineties. So, it's a it's a song called High, and it's about a true life house story house party back in two thousand and fourteen. Oh, that sounds so, good. And uh, and he's just saying that every word that they talk about is true. Ooh. So it's well, a, well, it's a good little song. So it, it um, by the if you're listening to this podcast, uh, the song by the Ritzy Kids called High will be available on streaming platforms. And just the last one, and once again, we've just got some great friends of the podcast, and they're all going strong. Uh, Blind Season announced their debut album is now available in full on all streaming platforms. So Awesome. Yeah. So Shane's just kept up we're, the We're gonna the, have to uh, go back to Detroit Curly at some point then. Yeah, absolutely. Have a, have a and it, it's good to, to know that we've got friends in Detroit, but it's good to know that they he's continuing on putting out some yeah. great music. And he's sure. put a lyric on on the album release day, winter, spring, summer and fall, an easy for the eye to recognise the seasons we are blind to can happen within ourselves. So I think that's a little bit deep. Whoa. So, that yeah, but deep. that's that's shame. <laughs> now, the album's it is, called it is. Dark... It is. Yeah. The album's called Dark Bedroom. So... <laughs> well, we, we've been there, haven't we? We interviewed him in the dark bedroom. <laughs> Absolutely. And he wrote those oh, that's songs... Great. In, in and the he wrote them in there. He wrote yeah. them in, in the in the basement. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the duck. Yeah, that's cool. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, he he's a deep thinker and really sensitive sensitive songwriter. I reckon Shane. So very hey, much. Hey, Curly, so. we got so, some guests tonight. Absolutely. Who have we got? And, uh, we've got Jimmy Rollmotor up there in in Brisbane, uh, in uh, Sydney. That's him there, and Benny Kickfoot Rollmotor. He's got more nicknames than than anyone. But that's actually Mark Bragg and Marcus Bragg. It's my brother and my nephew there. And they're, they're part of Rail Motor. So how are you, boys? Going good. Yeah, good, thanks. Good after a win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's it like being in enemy, ter- in enemy territory today? Uh, it's awesome. Nothing like being in the Warriors win. You disappointed uh, uh, in the pubs last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Are, yeah. They, are they sooking as much as Joey and... Uh, Freddie Fiddler, Fiddler on the Fiddler on the ref. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't Freddie just become a winger? So, yeah, um, but anyway, that's we all choose our lot in life, don't we? So, we do. fantastic win it certainly was. So, I'm now I'm intrigued by a couple of things here, Braggy. So first up, yes. um, this has been a project that's been in the works now for a while. Yep. And I'm so, but before we get into that. Talk right. me through the rail motor names. 
So we've got Jimmy Railmotor, we've got Benny Railmotor. Last week we met Bobby Railmotor. And... Well, look, we're, we're big fans of the Ramones, even though our music's really not like the Ramones. And they, you know, how they changed their names, all their last names to Ramones. So yeah. we just figured if the band's name Railmotor, we'll change all our middle names. So we've got Mark James and Marcus Benjamin, hence Jimmy and Benny. That makes me Billy because I'm William. Yeah. And then the other two guys' middle names is Johnny and Robert. So we've got Johnny and Bobby. So during the What's record- your middle name? What's your middle name, Curly? Uh, Bryson. Oh, we f- fucking hell. We can't fucking do that, can we? Brycey. <laughs> Try and work that one in. So, so, so during the... You can't so, be part of the band. Sorry. So, so Jimmy... Yeah, yeah, curly rail motor, right? Yeah, so, um, so, it. so Marcus and Mark during the um, recording, did were you referred to continually as Jimmy and Benny, or were you actually referred to by your um, correct names? Mostly, mostly by Jimmy and Benny. Yeah. Well, it was actually Benny <laughs> Kidfoot and Benny with a few other adjectives. Got pretty good at remembering everyone's name by the end of it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It was no good saying braggy because we'd all answer. Yes, right. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. So, um, what got you? So, let's start with you, um, Jimmy. So, what was the initial thing that got you into music? Because, because Bragg, Tave shared quite often the story that you were a major inspiration for him getting into music. But I'd love to understand what it was that got you into the into playing music initially. Uh, you know, when I first started listening to music, it was all on the radio. I mean, we didn't. I don't think we had a record player at home. Um, certainly didn't have tape decks or anything else like that. And so I used to listen to the Saturday night. I think they used to play a lot of rock and roll music on what was still is 40O in Townsville. Um, so I used to listen to that. Um, and then I think my dad had a kind of a, like a cassette deck thing and we were able to tape whatever songs were on the radio straight on the cassette deck. So I'd pick all the ones that I really liked. I'd have it all set up, queued up, ready to hit record. Um, and that was kind of my first thing. I think, um, you know, I even though I grew up with the Beatles and all that sort of stuff, I really gravitated towards the Rolling Stones very, very early. Before I even knew it was blues, really, it was just to me. It was just music on the radio, and they were guys from England, and I just really loved the sound. Um, and then when I was young, I, I moved to Melbourne when I was maybe seventeen or eighteen, I think. And because I was involved with basketball at the time, there was a lot of American imports, and they were that was really my first exposure to the blues as such. They had blues albums. Yeah. They had. Um, you know, not only some of the old blues guys, but but also you know Tony Joe White, JJ Kale, that kind of stuff. Um, and that was really the first time that I really locked onto the blues. And even though, um, as my brother says, I don't play guitar or anything that well, but uh, I everything that I've played, every time I pick up the guitar, it's kind of it's in my head. You know, it's it's. Uh, just everything that I've grown up with, everything that I feel, uh, I've never really deviated from that, you know, since I was a teenager, really. Mm. 
So, Braggy, did you want to add anything in there from because that, that that was part of your journey as well, I guess, but more yeah. so that 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 last. Well, I just um, remember what I remember is that it, because Mark was be away in Melbourne and he'd come back for Christmas and things, and he'd brought bring back an ACDC record or freaking Tony Joe White or or something or something like that, you know, something, and and. Like obviously we'd hear I'd hear ACDC and all those bands on like on Countdown at that point we were talking Countdown early days of yeah. Countdown, but um, but he would have these other ones like Tony Joe White and uh, there was another band, um, oh, what were they called American band Mark, uh, I can't remember, <laughs> but there's these bands that that. You'd, we'd never heard of in Australia, and if I say them to people now, they wouldn't, they would never have heard of them. Yeah. So, so um, bands that weren't being played on in Australian radio, no. but were being picked up by, yeah. brought over with the American yeah. imports. Yeah. yeah, and it was mainly like down south of America, sort of stuff, you know. Yeah, it was very much down blues south. Stuff. And, uh, it, you know that whole blues thing. I, 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 you know, to me. The more I listened to it, the more I kind of locked on to it, the more I realised that pretty much most of what's rock and roll has has its roots there. And, um, mm. you know, the ACDC thing was kind of interesting because we used to go watch them bef- in Melbourne before they even had an album. Uh, and, okay. and they were so good. They were so good. And then we, I used to go with my basketball mates and we'd drink some beers with them and stuff in between sets. And they were just really little compared to basketball guys, they were just really little guys. Um, but it was in a really small basement venue uh, and it was so loud, but geez, they were really good. They were so good, you know. And um, so that's... But if you if you think about that that stuff that we just talked about, that music that you that you listen to, like Tony Joe and, and uh, Credence, I guess, they're, they're all from down south, and that that little spot there, like in the around the Mississippi, is where everything meets, like country, mm. and and the the old blues guys, and then there's the gospel, like the 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 black gospel churches and stuff. That's all in that one spot, and that's the whole melting pot of rock yeah. and roll. It's yeah. freaking Elvis mm. is from Memphis, you know. That's where the whole thing, yeah, like the crucible of everything. <clears throat> Kelly, I, a few years ago, like I worked in the US a bit, and. Um, Anytime I can seek out a bar that might have a blues band or some blues singer in it, I go and have a look. But I can remember once uh, traveling to Baton Rouge and asking the company that I was working with, the head guy, I said, hey, look, can you show me, a, is there a blues bar around? He said, oh, yeah, man, I can take you one of those. And we went out uh, kind of in the country a little bit and there was this really low slung, like it looked straight out of a Western uh, Yeah. Uh, very no real roof, just concrete front door, couple of windows, and we went in there, and it happened to be the the fortieth anniversary of the bar, and so all the blues guys had pretty much had ever played there turned up, and it was just like it was heaven on a stick, man. It was just unbelievable, <laughs> and they were all so so good, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and but I mean, obviously, if you've been to the states, you can pretty much drop in anywhere, and you're going to see someone that's really good. You know, and particularly when it comes to the blues, you know. Yeah. So who was the, um, who actually initiated this whole Rail Motor project? Uh, I think who both, was the driver? I, I think it's both Mark and I, because we've always talked about, we'd, we'd love to do a thing together. And I really wanted to do something that's, 
from that time, from where it all started, you know. I mean, I've always loved the blues as well. I've just gone on to, because I played in cover bands a lot, I've picked up all this other sort of stuff as well. And, um, but yeah, I always, I always wanted to make an album from the, from that, that sort of style of stuff. So the whole concept was that Jimmy would send me his interpretation of that stuff that he loved. And I'd try and try and turn it into some sort of song, you know. Obviously, because right, because writing songs is it takes a little, you know, it's it's a little bit more experience to to put everything together. So, mm. but 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 I I kind of lost all that. He still got that roots of where it all started, you know. So I didn't, ha- I don't have yeah. that. I don't think anyway. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. If you're treating veterans with PTSD, VA's National Center for PTSD can help. The PTSD Consultation Program offers free expert consultation and resources to providers. We won't ask you to fill out any forms, and we respond to requests within a day. To learn more on this easy-to-use program, visit ptsd.va.gov consult. Again, that's ptsd.va.gov consult. Yeah, I I witnessed a a little bit of that um, songwriting scenario when you and Bobby were sitting there in the bar at the marina trying to come up with some words for a song that you're putting together. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting process that Bobby's just lying there on a a beanbag looking up at the sky and... (laughs) You know, you're you're just focused in on on the words on a on a screen on an iPhone, and everyone else is just sort of looking at each other, trying to say, "Okay, these guys are in the zone, and um, it's it's all going to happen." But um, but, it, but I but imagine it it's a little bit different if you've got a guitar. No, it didn't happen that day. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> but that's the way it is, eh? Hey? That's the way you know. You, inspiration takes you at different times. Yeah. So, Marcus, I, I had a bit of a chat to you on the night that we were up there in Agnes Water and before you, you ducked away in the morning. Um, tell us about your first foray into into music, because they say you've got a musical father, you've got an uncle who's spent... Oh, <laughs> Jim was shaking his head. No, you know, it, it did start, start with you. you know, that's how okay. it kind of moves. That's right. it moves through and goes around full circle. I think we spoke yeah. about this um, the night of the gig, really, you know. Yeah. My first, you know, other than, you know, bashing the pots and pans with a wooden spoon, my first, you know, introduction into music was from Tave, giving me a nylon string acoustic guitar and showing me just a basic little blues thing. You know, this is how you, you play this and then, you know, a few chords and and I was away, and that's and that started from from this guy, right here. Mm. So, you know, it, it comes around full circle. And then obviously I, you know, picked up the drums and 
weren't that at school because everyone had to learn a few beats for the semester and that's how I picked up the drums. Just loved it. Yeah. It's an amazing instrument. And yeah, I just really, really took to the drums more than, so than guitar, but it started, I started playing guitar before. Um, I okay. Guitar. And Curly, that, that Marcus's drum story is kind of interesting because I think it was my wife's 40th maybe and Tave's band was playing there. And um, I had no idea Marcus had anything, knew anything about the drums or anything, but I just, we just turned around, here's Marcus, he's drumming for the band all of a sudden. And I'm, and I'm thinking, <laughs> where did you even learn that? You know, and he said, oh, I've been working out at school, you know, I've been doing this and that. He's only like 14, I think, at the time. I said, right, yeah, we're yeah. going straight to the music store <laughs> and we're getting a kit. You know? yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, his first teacher was actually uh, Gav, who uh, was the Taves band's drummer. Um, mm. Yeah, actually, Gav. Actually, Gav is a big inspiration to me too. He 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 was the first guy that sh showed me like Zeppelin and things like that, you know. And Elvis. He was Gav was the first guy that showed me Elvis and, and like Elvis in the seventies when he was doing the Las Vegas thing and the band he had there, and that that was a big inspiration yeah. to me. So, oh, a bit to Gav as well. I don't know if he listens to this, but <laughs> <laughs> well, he should be. Yeah. So, um, so Marcus, sorry, Benny, um, who were some of your musical influences? Uh, the same uh, music I grew up with, really. You know, we had, I think we first got a CD player um, in the 90s. I can't even remember what the first record I bought was on CD, but it was all vinyl before that or cassettes, um, like you were mm. talking about, taping off the radio, um, getting copies of CDs on cassette um, from friends or people at school. And the, the old mixtape. Yeah, the mixtape. The, the Walkman was big at that time. So you go to school, you'd have two cassettes, you know, and that's all you listen to backwards, you know, rewind, play, you know. <laughs> and you knew every word on that album or, you know, compilation yeah. or whatever it was. You knew all the lyrics to the songs. And... Um, that's mm. that's that's how I, how I started out, but definitely um, you know grunge was big, so you know everyone was listening to Nirvana and that kind of thing. But I definitely had a lot of the influences that um, that you guys had growing mm. up as well. So you know, like listen to I guys yeah. put the headphones on, listen to Deep Purple, listen to Zeppelin, you know, listen to all the classic rock stuff. I'd, you know, but Sabbath, you were in the Sabbath. Oh, well. big time, yeah. Black Sabbath. A lot of Black Sabbath. Cream. Um, yeah. All that stuff. So, all the classics. So, so Curly, if you if you put all those things together, if you put like ACDC, like Oz Rock, and you put, you know, Deep Purple and Sabbath, and you put the blues, like from Jimmy, then you're going to mm. get something like, like a track I think we should play probably now, which is, okay. which is um, the Coal Shoveler. Okay, so so this is um, the first taste of rail motor for everyone that's listening to yeah. this. So, and this is still not the finished product. Well, uh, no, it's not. It's like... not quite finished. It's not quite finished yet. There's a few little. We gotta we gotta polish it a little bit more. If you can polish it, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, rail motor with a coal shoveler.
I got a coping mechanism in the fridge. I got a picture of you on the back door. But my heart's still hanging from the bridge. Like a dog with a bone buried deep in the ground. My whole world's running me down. I'm a cold shoveler, baby. Part ending. That's. <laughs> I'm sure that's got some meaning somewhere. So, so Jimmy, that was your lead on that. No, uh, no, no, no. I'm just playing the rhythm. Uh, okay. Uh, on the CBG. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but no, that was as far from what I remember. We didn't even that song was written maybe a day before rehearsal by. Uh, uh, it's probably the week before. Billy and Ray Johnny, Ray. yeah. We, I, did, I hadn't even heard that until we got up there. Uh, but I, I loved it. Oh. I, I just loved it right off the bat. It's just it's got a lot of good driving kind of rhythm to it. Mm. That song actually came from one line um, 
that one of the boys' uh, partners described as how they cope with them being a muso, and that was that they had uh, they've got a coping mechanism in the fridge, <laughs> meaning, meaning wine. <laughs> But I think that song's just about, um, you know what that song's about, I reckon? It's about, because sometimes I don't know until after it's written. I think it's just about the person the person in the relationship or in the band or whatever that does all the, does the hard yards and keeps the whole relationship or thing moving forward. So. Mm, yeah. Talk me through the recording process of that particular song. So what we do, what we did with that one is, well, like, like uh, Jimmy said, we, I only taught that, to the boys, Waxy and I had it had it down. We kind of had it together, and we taught it to yeah. Marcus when he arrived. And then when Jimmy got there the, the next day, we kind of taught it to him as well. So it's a pretty simple simple song, and we just played it through a few times. Um, mm. And then um, once we were comfortable with it, we recorded the drums, the, the my guitar, and Jimmy's guitar. And uh, waxy on the bass, and we maybe did that four or five times, and then we'd pick which one we thought sounded the best. Not necessarily had was like perfect in notes, but had the best feel. And then we worked on that. And mm. I think the only thing we actually extra did on that was I did, did a lead break because I hadn't worked out a solo, so I worked out a solo to go on that. And then we put the vocal on, and then waxy did the harmony vocal, and because that's it. So that process, how long would that take? Um, well, obviously it's over the two weeks, but if you were just going to do that song and that's it, then, I mean, you, you could do that in a day, I reckon. But but because we were doing, yeah. you know, we did that, we did the bass for that one, then we did the bass for the other one, then obviously it took a little longer than that. So, But if you just mm. worked on one song, you'd probably, you'd probably do that in a day, yeah. That's the recording of yeah. it. So... Yeah. So, Jimmy, I, I had a quick chat with you on the night that we got up there too as well, and you've predominantly spent your life in what what we would call high performance. You were a high-performance sport. You um, coached in the NBL. You, you, you did all sorts of things. You've been in the high-performance coaching industry now for... Um, since you were a young fellow, pretty much. So, but what were some of the things that you? Because I, I found this interesting. The, the linkages that you could see within that recording process that you actually took away, and and well, I knew you were always going to learn something. But it was about what were some of those high performance things that you sort of picked up and the level of detail that you saw within the group. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, from a personal, a very personal level, you know, I just went in there grateful that I had this opportunity because I'm playing with, like Marcus here has been playing for 20 plus years, um, Dave 40 plus and, you know, Johnny 40 plus and, and Rob, same thing, his whole, their whole lives has been music and I just haven't dedicated myself to it. And so I was just like, I just tried to make sure I was prepared as I could possibly be. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, but that environment to me was, it was just a beautiful environment. I mean, 
there was you can get into some and i'll take it from a, if you look at a corporate level you know you see people come up with ideas and they'll get shot down really quickly but ideas are really fragile particularly in the early stages of an idea and if you can and what these guys were doing were just building on it you know i'd have something i'd come up with that i thought was rubbish and then Dave would build on it and then marcus would add something and you know the whole atmosphere of that was just just a bloody pleasure really and they just the other thing was you trust i trusted them implicitly particularly when we had to play live i'm going okay <laughs> at least i'm playing with three guys that know what they're doing <laughs> if i hang out with if I hang out with talent long enough, maybe some of it will rub off, you know. <laughs> That's how I looked at it. Yeah. But they, they took care of me. They were very kind and, uh, you know, put up with my uh, lack of talent. <laughs> I was interested, though, Mark, I think there's a few times when you were kind of just relating things that were going on to in, to, in a basketball sense. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing has been watching groups of people try to come together and get shit done, you know. I mean, the first 20 years it was basketball. The last 20 years it's been business teams. Um, but that creative environment is – that's not easy to get in, in you know. And I, obviously, we have a family connection. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Millions of our nation's veterans deal with PTSD every day. VA's PTSD consultation program is easy to use and here to help you treat these veterans. Providers like you can access free consultation with expert clinicians, free continuing education, and free resources to help you assess and treat veterans. To learn more, visit ptsd.va.gov consult. But even that, you know, can, can always go sideways, as we all know. Um, but it was just great. I was just, I felt so comfortable. And then Rob, the other thing I think I mentioned to you, Curly, was, you know, Rob, who was engineering the whole thing, that really intrigued me because he was really leading that whole thing. And he mm. knew how to get the best. He just instinctively knew how to get the best out of the person that was trying to like he, his relationship with Tay was different to how he interacted with Waxy, was different to how he interacted with me. And then we had singers, you know, backup singers came in. He knew instinctively how to react. He was just very, very good at putting people in an environment where they were going to be at their best. And I, it was, it was a, it was a bloody great study for me just to watch it and be part of it. It was incredible. That's a that's a great point actually with Rob. Mm. He does he does do that. He knows how to get the best out of everybody. He reads that so well. I don't know how he, where he got that from. Because yeah, I mean, it's not from his He's a solo it. guy, you know. He's a solo guy. Yeah. He hasn't played in a lot of bands, but, you know, he's mm. worth his weight in gold. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I found some of the over-the-shoulder stuff that I did with Rob when he was showing me the editing process, and I just found that incredibly fascinating. So... 
um, the editing that I do for my podcasts and for the video, and I'm very, very much an amateur on everything that I do, but to see someone just to be able to manipulate a program so quickly mm. and effectively is... <clears throat> And get the results. It was just phenomenal to watch. So, so let's talk a little bit about the live performance. And uh, I'll start with Marcus because Marcus, you're the young part of this particular okay. band, even though you're particularly not considering yourself a young pup. But in the terms of the band, you are the young pup. So, what was it like playing live? You know, considering the band predominantly came together over a two-week period. And then all of a sudden you've yep. got this live gig. So you, it's different recording studio to then That's having right, to perform. Yeah. So, so walk me through how that felt for I you. Think, I, I don't know about anyone else, but I, I always feel a little bit nervous before I play because I want it to go well. Um, so I definitely had the nerves before we played. Um, and... I guess the switching from recording, like you do a tape and recording, you make a mistake. Oh, it's okay. We'll just start again. We'll go again. And um, whereas live, you can't do that. So we had to, I guess, quickly transition to performance mode um, in, uh, in a day, I guess. We had one day rehearsal, um, ran through the songs, of, you know, maybe once or twice each and just um, familiarise ourselves with the arrangements again. And, um, mm. and then we were into it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a fun thing to do live music that, for that reason. You don't know what's going to happen. You, know, yeah. you don't know how the songs are going to be received, particularly, you know, songs we've never played um, live before. And we, we've actually had, we, I don't know if you, we've talked about this, but we've only rehearsed once this band yeah. Um, its existence because of you know, everything going on. We had a... <laughs> one yeah. rehearsal, one, yeah, exactly. one yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that one rehearsal. One night only. <laughs> one night only. <laughs> Maybe we should go out <laughs> now. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like... It I was, was going to yeah. say it's kind of like sport as well. You you practice you, you practice you know whatever, but then when game time comes or mm. when the when the the live gig comes, you re- it's you, you really I know I find it really fo- makes me focus and I really I remember a lot better of the things I'm I'm supposed to do because I'm intensely focused on that point. And I think you sometimes you amaze yourself at how yeah. little how well you remember stuff, you know, even when you think you're not going to be able to do it. So what was it like for you, Jimmy? I'm just a bit nervous now that these guys said they were nervous because I didn't think they were. <laughs> yeah, I always get a little nervous. No, I was, I was 100% fine. I felt, I felt comfortable. I felt like I knew the songs. But as I said before, Curly, I knew I was surrounded by guys that had done this, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times before. So, you know, I felt, I felt really good. I was just, I actually enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know how well I played or how it was received or anything, but I just really enjoyed the whole thing. It was great. Mm. Did you ever think you'd be on a stage with your brother? No, this and your, is like, man, unbelievable. I never, never, ever. No, not really, no. And, you know, hopefully we'll get to, well, we are going to get to do it again in September and mm. hopefully after that because brother's already talking about Album number two, so 
Oh, we're good. Yeah. Well, yeah. A world tour, Braggy. You know, hopefully, some people hear this stuff. We might be able to get off, get a festival somewhere. A few people are working on that. <laughs> so you know. Yeah. So what was the um, the best song on the night? I heard well, a couple I think, of I different things. Well, I think the one things, we're going to play so. next is probably the one that we got the best reaction from most of the people, um, which is a song called Mangrove yeah. Woman. So do you want yeah, to give a bit of a lead-in to is that kind while of, I set um, it up? Our take on, this is definitely our take on Tony Joe White. <laughs> and Because, you know, Curly, I, I always say, and I think my brother and, and my daughter has sort of talked about how the similarities between the deep south in America and the far north of Queensland. You know, this crocodiles, alligators. You know, it's hot and sweaty. We got mangrove swamps. They got swamps down there. You know, and so I think this song is just—it's just a made-up song. It's not real, but it's kind of in that same vein as uh, <laughs> the spooky swamps down in the south of America. And, yeah, only it's the swamps of North Queensland. The swamps of North Queensland, yeah. Yeah, this is a story about a girl I used to go to school with. She ran away from home and she went right up north, somewhere between Port Douglas and Cape Tribulation. She lived up there in the mangroves all by herself. The locals all thought she was a witch, but I'm pretty sure she was just lost.
Curly, can I run you through just a little story about that you, song and how we recorded that? Yep, yep. The day we started to record that and do the bass track for that. Go for it. It, it was, we were under pressure because um, Jimmy's wife, that's her favourite song, and and uh, we, she said, you, be, you better make sure you don't fuck this one up. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so we recorded it and we, we just we couldn't get the right the right feel for it and we listened to it back that night like about four takes and we thought fuck i don't know what's going on we just we just couldn't get it and anyway we kind of picked one track that was okay and we thought we're gonna have to do something with that the next day and re-record some things and um waxy's son who also lives there and the bass player's son also lives there in in um Agnes Water, his name's Jordan. He's one of the most beautiful human beings you'll ever ever meet in your life. And he's kind of a big fella. And he came to the recording that day and he gave everybody this... He gave the best hugs. And he gave everybody a hug before we went into the studio that day. And we just... It just came together. We just... We, I don't know. We just It just came together that day. We just nailed it. And, uh, and it came out much better than I thought it was yeah. going to come out. So. <clears throat> The um the smile I get when I hear all those Queensland references all the way through, you know, the cane yeah, toad, the mangrove the jack. <laughs> there's a fair bit of Queensland on this album, Curly. <laughs> there's a yeah, there's a lot of Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I lived up in Cairns, Curly, and I worked at a music store yeah. up there, um, we'd get we'd get people like hippies that would live in the rainforest actually and come down and to the music shop and they'd be they'd have, mm-hmm. you know, the dreads, they'd be mad at that stink because they hadn't you know they'd be living in the rainforest and come down to the music shop. And so that's kind of in my head as well. When you're thinking about those things. Yeah. A little so bit. there was a model yeah. there for you yeah. to sort of um, base the song on. Well, Marcus, you've got a, a couple of bands that you play in. So talk me through some of those. So let's leave the old guys behind yeah. for a sec. And, and talk about some of actually. other just bands. Just keep the rail motor train going along for a bit. <laughs> Yeah, I got, we got a, a couple of things in, in Sydney. Um, a group I started playing with when I first moved here called The Grand Union. Um, so you can check them out on Spotify. Um, and then the other band is kind of along the same sort of path as what we started listening to growing up was The Stones. So we do a lot of Stones gigs um, around the RSLs and pubs and clubs around New South Wales. So and that's called uh, Rolling Stoned. So, yeah, if anyone out there needs a Stones band, tribute band, that's that's the band uh, to look up and check it out. But, uh, we'll definitely have to get Grand Union on, though. Um, yeah, yeah. Because they're killer. And yeah. so we're going to have to do that, that one second, up. I reckon, yeah. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Get, uh, get Stewie and, yeah. and Jack on. They'll, um, they'll love it. They'll tell some stories. That's good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the um, so the rail motor project. So I'll go back to rail motor. So the rail motor project, I, I suppose, has been a long time coming, and now that it's almost like, does it feel like it's finished, or or what happens next? What's um, the next step in the journey? We're going up to Magnetic Island, where the Blow Up Sweethearts recorded an album, and we're going to do a kind of a bit of a launch up there. Yeah, um, that's in September. It's still kind of in in the in the planning, but that's that's going to happen. And um, and then I guess we got to talk about we've got to figure out if we're going to make vinyl because I think all the boys want to have some vinyl. 
because you know I know you're a big fan of vinyl curly and we always have our little seven inch thing so uh, but unfortunately we've got yep. 16 tracks and they won't all fit on vinyl well they will but you, you drop in the quality so we probably have to cut it looks like I think we only have to cut two or three so but it'll all go on to Spotify so that's the thing so we're just waiting now for Rob to to do his wizardry on the rest of the songs and and then we'll have to engage yeah. I guess Sydney's the best place for that guys someone to do some vinyl for us and then we've got artwork and things like that and yeah. Mm. Well, you you showed a bit of the artwork on the side of those clips there. That's kind of that's, that's, that's pretty much the album cover. I think we're kind of a little committed to number two album two. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm a hundred percent. Hundred percent committed. Me, no. but the other guys probably. <laughs> I think we're even going to go even strip it back even more this yeah. one and just do don't go acoustic. Yeah, it's got a, just those two songs have got that really, it's a, you know, when you go back and you listen to Blow Up Sweethearts and then you listen to some of the stuff that you yep. produced and put on yourself tape and then you're listening to those two songs, it is a noticeable shift into that that's good. guitar bluesy yeah, that's good. type feel. Yeah, and, and as I said, it, it will take my wife a little bit of time to... This- there's Get 14 other songs for Sharon that, so. to, 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 to like. <laughs> so, uh, I will tell Billy, her. Billy, you reckon would uh, the, the people watching or listening be interested in what I'm playing? Yeah, I think you should. I think because uh, they won't, people listening won't be able to yeah. see it, but it does go on, and we do go onto YouTube, so you should. Unless I bring it up here right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bring it up right now. Yeah, go grab it. Yeah, it's a beast. absolutely. Yeah. So, Braggy, this has been a real emotional project for you, even though you don't necessarily get a lot of, you don't get overly oh, yes, do. emotional. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so, so were there tears shed for, oh, with, not, the, well, with the project? Not really. Or? I mean... You might make me cry now, Curly, if I start thinking about it. <laughs> I do get it. I do yeah, get it. Yeah, it's, it's just a, such a yeah. It's such a cool thing to to be able to do it, you know. And just, yeah. I think, um, I mean, the reason we I ever made the first album with the Blow Up Sweets because my daughter said, "Dad, can you fucking just actually do something?" You said, "You know, instead of dreaming about it and actually leave something something behind," you know. Not that she's trying to get rid of yeah. me, but, you know, so. <laughs> and, and, fuck, it's just so much fun, you know. And it, it's more, Curly, it's more about, for me, it's more about. Yeah. I, I don't really, I mean, I do care about the quality of the music and stuff, but it's more about just the process of, 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 of making these things. And, and because, like mm. you said, this one's so different, I'm really keen. It's such a good group of people to make another one and, and do something really different again because it's such a good outfit. I'm sure we could do anything you know Maybe yeah, well, you know like <laughs> we hang out all the time like marcus is not my best mate you know we just we we've always done everything together ever since we were a kid but this would probably be the most interaction tave and i've had in 40 years oh for sure we're always, we're always in touch with each other but in terms of constant contact backwards and forwards hanging out together doing shit together 
Yeah, it's we, definitely we brought us that. closer together than we've, than we've ever been. We've always been close, but it's just we're just one of those families that doesn't have to be in each other's pocket the whole yeah. time to, to understand that, you know? It's kind of like mm. you and I, Curly. We just took up where we left off, had, even though we hadn't seen each other for ages. It's, it's the same thing, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, were you guys competitive? Well, eight years younger. Hey, if, hey, here's, here's, here's the cricket bat. I'm going to bowl at you at freaking 100 miles an hour, even though you're only eight. <laughs> That's what I was like. Uh, yeah. uh, if he could have dunked, he would have dunked on me as well. That's probably why I played music. That's probably why I played music, Curly, because I was never going to be able to compete <laughs> anywhere else. Big thank you to everyone in Agnes Waters too, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think. Because oh, yeah, true. It was such a, an amazing place to record. Um, 100% well. All, all there in the mm. one right next to the beach, the studio. And just, yeah, big shout out to everyone there. Awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah, actually, we yeah. should mention some names there too. If, if, if people and a really good vibe. In, but... Obviously, we've got, we've, we talked about Rob and we talked about Waxy Glenn Walker as well, who hosted us pretty much you know showed us the town and 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 uh, and his wife fiona and then we had the two people who have the own the studio which is graham and lynn and fuck they were just they couldn't do enough for us and uh it was just it was just a shame that and a bit sad that they couldn't be there at the end when we when we finished it but um we will definitely um have them definitely on the album somewhere yeah so yeah <clears throat> but I highly recommended the way you guys did it. You, you had um, yeah accommodation, studio all on site. It was a hundred meter walk to the beach or to coffee. Yeah, and, and it's, that's it that's just, what makes everything's there. The, the, that's what that's how you make good music. Sometimes when everybody's happy, you know, at, at that point, you don't want, you don't want to have a you don't want it to be a shit fight. You want it to be mm. nice and chill, which is what it was. It's perfect. Yeah. I do. I do. So, Jimmy, you so, got that axe story behind this. Do we call it an axe? The boys were telling me, I don't know if you can see that, but that's like a strainer that's in the <laughs> guitar. It's out of your sink. It's three string yeah. and it's uh, basically tuned to G, although you can tune it to a whole bunch of other things. And the old blues guys, most some people might know this, but the old blues guys obviously couldn't afford to uh, buy guitars, so they used to make them out of cigar boxes and... That's pretty much where it started. And for me, it's a bit of a backstory for me was um, maybe five or six Christmases ago, my wife bought me a cigar box guitar, but she bought it from Aldi. It was like this. <laughs> and when I saw it, I'm going, nah, you're kidding me. This is, this is not good. You know, like, okay, I'll, I'll accept it and we'll do the best I can with it. And when I plugged it in and got a slide out, I went, man, this is awesome. This is bloody great. <laughs> And then, uh, so it, it, it wouldn't, because it, was from, it wouldn't stay in tune. And then subsequently, Marcus was playing a gig and I found a guy that was actually making these things and I asked him to make me a lefty and, um, you know, that's the result. And probably, what, Dave, maybe eight or nine of the songs I'm playing this? Was... Yeah. I, I, no, I think there's only two that you, you're not playing it. Two or three, yeah. yeah. Two or so, three, maybe. And, two or three, you're not playing it. Yeah, and what input I had um, to... To the songs that Tave obviously wrote, 
came from straight from this. And and Marcus, you know, we'd just get in in the room, this room here actually, Marcus would get on the drums and I'd just play and create the feels. Put a voice, yeah, voice mark together and then send it to Tave and mm. he'd come back yeah. and finish product. <laughs> not quite. We're not quite finished, but a lot better than what I'd sent down the down the line. That's ah, but you sent me the you sent me the essence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I've heard that a little bit. You send something to Tave, a riff yeah. or a, a yeah. or an idea and it comes back yeah. almost fully formed or Well, I know exactly where he's coming from because so yeah. There's a bit of t- Yeah, I know exactly where he's coming from because yeah. I remember it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Whoa, so I when's the know. album coming out? We What's, need to talk uh, to Bobby about that. He's been out Gallivant. He was actually at State of Origin last night. Yeah. He, he was in your in your fine city there. Just flew down for the oh, day. Oh, was he? Uh, Saw the Maroons home, and then he's yeah. flying back today. So he'll be listening tomorrow. Oh, if he could get I a flight based a on what's happening in the air. So, um, so. yeah, I, th- I, I yeah. I'd like for us to be up oh, on that's Spotify awesome. by the time we do like a launch in um, another gig that we're doing up. On Maggie yeah. on in September. I think that should be the case. We won't have vinyl by then, but we should be able yeah. to. Excellent. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure for me um, getting to know the guys in the band, understanding the project, um, spending some time up there at Agnes Water and uh, and not calling it Agnes Waters. I, I think that's been a big step in the right direction for me. So. Um, so it, it's been a pleasure, and and to me, I can see that that it has been a project that's just built on the bonds of that family DNA, and the, and with some really great supporting musicians, some excellent musicians um, tuned into that as well. So you know, the the concept of a band of brothers just really sits in my mind, anyway. And I, I don't know if that's a bit too corny for you guys, but. But that's the way that the project feels to me. It's like, you know, whether it's Waxy or, you know, Rob or Jimmy or, or Benny Kick. Isn't that a great name? <laughs> it's just like it's a band of brothers. So I, I can't wait to hear more. So um, and uh, I hope the listeners and the viewers enjoy hey, thanks, that. Thanks, Kelly, for taking an interest in us and, and, coming, yeah. and coming up to uh, Agnes too, take, taking time out. Thanks, thanks, Billy. Thanks, thanks, mate. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. So, Braggy, just to close up, so Marcus and Marcus, Mark and Marcus, don't run away. We need you to hang on. So, so don't run away. We'll just close down the show. So we've got what we call our Undiscovered 7-inch um, segment. Um Less likely to be undiscovered. Oh no! I reckon my two are under. I reckon my two. You go first. I reckon my two are pretty undiscovered. So, what have you got for there? For most people. Okay. Oh, the well, this is going to surprise you. It's so, dynamic hypnotics with soul kind of feeling. So, I I used to love these guys. They would tour relentlessly mid eighties and. Um, about 84, 85, I think, was the key times. And you'd see him up in Brisbane probably oh, once a month, I'd imagine. And I was always impressed that their, their debut album. So they put out a couple of singles. 
but their debut album was a live album and I'd never seen that done at that particular time in in my life as yeah. most bands put out a recorded yeah, they, album they first, came to, uh, theirs James was a live Cook, album Cook, you, so I think, fantastic uh, a great and band what's the guy's name um, Continental Continental yeah. Robert didn't they call him Continental oh, Robert Rob? didn't they wasn't it yeah yeah that's it yeah, yeah was, I, I can't oh, remember his so last cool, name eh? but yeah he was great I think he's wasn't still he going around doing stuff so yeah I love that bit for sure okay no, man you'd be in a cabaret band somewhere somewhere <laughs> I've got two I've got two because these are two of my collection. And these, one of them is super rare because I can't yep. even find it on uh, Discogs. This one, not so much. This one's on there. It's a single. Have a look at that, boys. Okay. There it is. Tony Joe doing Pike Salad Annie, which was, oh, recorded, which was recorded by Elvis. Oh. So that, you can't yeah. get any, you oh, can't yeah. get any yeah. bigger accolade than that if Elvis records oh, wow. the song back of it there so it's Tony Joe White Pike Salad Annie for people listening it's on Monument yeah. Records it's a pretty rare label as well but I also have another one and this is this is so rare that even on well, I could not find it on Discogs I had to actually put it on there myself so I don't know how much this is worth but I reckon it's worth a bit and it's kind of where it all started it's the High Sheriff of Calhoun Parish. High Sheriff of Calhoun that's the album cover tape yeah, that's the album wow. cover, but it's on a single, and it's got yeah. it's got four songs on it. It's got the High Sheriff, it's got the Migrant, which you mightn't have even heard. You heard the Migrant, Mark? No, I can't say I have. No. It's got Roosevelt and Ira Lee and Groupie Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the back there. Ah, oh, great! That's awesome. That's yeah, so I like that. They're treasures. Found I found them at the local record store. Okay. <laughs> One of the interesting things with um, with Tave and his record stores is every now and again I'll just get oh, yeah. an image come through <laughs> yeah. that he sent to me of a of that was a from the second hand shop or something that he's just seen. You know? Yeah, it was missing Last its proper week, it was cover though. I only had the cheap cover, so that's a shame. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it is so. All right, so thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks again to Jimmy and Benny for joining us from Rail Motor today. I hope you've enjoyed getting a taste of what Rail Motor is all about and the a taste of the songs that are going to come up on the album. Now, obviously, we've got a September deadline, so hopefully the music and the songs will be available for public consumption <clears throat> prior to that September launch. As always, we're available on YouTube, uh, TikTok, join our Facebook group. Wherever you're listening to this, like and subscribe. The more people that like and subscribe, the more we get found. And the more we get found, the more we can help undiscovered bands. So, um, yeah, in the words of the great poet, um, what's his name again? Billy Bragg. Um, no one ever seems to understand, so start your own revolution and cut Thanks out the middle man. We'll Thank see you. you all again next week. Bye.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 